The Barrage Sports Show. Yo, what's up, everybody? It is time for your favorite sports podcast, The Barrage Sports Show. I'm one of your hosts, Mike B, and I'm here with my son, Mike Burr. Mike Burr always delivers. We have a great show for you. It's action-packed, and we're going to jump right into it. Let's talk about the GOAT, Mm. Tom Brady. Went head-to-head with Aaron Rodgers. We all know what happened. He won that battle. Mike Burr, articulate that a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, goats do goat things. And, you know, a lot of people were talking for the game, talking about Aaron Rodgers better than Tom Brady, this and that. I don't know where that came from, and I don't know how people are justifying that. But he came out and did his thing. The Tampa Bay defense did his thing. And as a Bears fan, you got to be excited because a team we just beat true, just destroyed the team that was just in first place, the Packers, and now we're in first place. So that's a good sign. And I think Brady showed out, but it was really the Tampa Bay defense that that showed up and showed out big. Yeah. And, you know, people always, I would say not always, but maybe the last three or four seasons have been trying to write Tom Brady off as being the GOAT. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he gets the credibility as the GOAT, but – when I say they want to write him off, they want to write him off as maybe no longer playing like the GOAT, but he's still winning Super Bowls. Right now, uh, this season, as of this podcast, he has 14 touchdowns to only four picks. Mm. Tampa Bay is 4-2, and two, and, you know, things are looking up. And so I still think that he has a lot left in the tank. And that seems so weird to say because he's 43 years old. Right. But it just lets you know how great of a player he is. And I'm a big fan of not writing people off just because they've been in a league for a while or just because they're old and just because you're supposed to write them off. I like to look at production on the field. And in my opinion, he's not the Brady of obviously 10 years ago, but he's still better than 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. True that. And um, yeah, he's definitely still got it and still got a lot in the tank. And and the Tampa Bay offense has still is dealing with a lot of injuries. True. They're missing a lot of guys. A lot of guys are nicked up, banged up. So as they start to get healthy, they're going to be a real threat because they're already having some good games. And, and this is a, is a brand new offense. You know, as good as Brady is, coming into a new team after you've been in the same system for two decades – I mean, it's it's a testament to how hard he works and and building chemistry with his new guys. Yeah, and a lot of people think they have the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL with Chris Goodwin and Mike Evans. Um, I don't know if that's true, but they were both 1,000-yard receivers last year. So they got the piece to the puzzle that they wanted with those two young receivers that can just flat-out ball. Then they bring in the GOAT, Tom Brady. Things are looking really good in Tampa Bay, you know. And so... I think he kind of proved once again because it was a lot of hype because Aaron Rodgers is having a great year coming up to that game, and they hyped it up just the way they used to hype it up, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning back in the day before Manning retired. Tom Brady versus, you know, um, other quarterbacks. All the other people we forgot. Yeah, like Drew Brees. (laughs) Um, And now they hyped it up for Aaron Rodgers in this matchup. And once again, Brady just does what he, he, he does all the time. He comes out on top. You know, the only person that he's, he doesn't want to see is uh, the Manning brother. And Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, Nick Foles. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, shout out to uh, to Tom Brady. I still think that he's the GOAT 
you know, and he's maybe not might not be the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's still one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep. And in a big game, he's still a guy you'd love to see sitting on the other side, you know, of your locker room, knowing that he's going to have the football in his hand. Right. All right. Let's talk about our Bears, man. Yep. Five and one. Five and one. First place. First place. What you got to say about that, Mike? Bro, I'm really interested to hear what you got <laughs> what you think about our Bears, man. I think we're it's looking good. And it's not necessarily looking good all the time, but our record looks good. Our defense looks phenomenal. Yes. And we got a lot of playmakers on that end. Special teams is looking good. Um I like the kicker. So far so good. You know, he's he's hitting them, hitting them down. He's made some big kicks, kicks and clutch moments. And that's something you like to see after our, our recent failure since Robbie Gold. And on offense, I know it's not looking pretty. The running game is is non-existent right now, and it, I don't I don't blame our running back at all. I think David Montgomery is great. I think the O line is where we need to improve. Um, yeah, but I I like Nick Foles. I like having a veteran QB. And I think this Bears team is real because right now we're getting battle tested. You know, we, I know some other teams that and the Bears aren't getting the national respect because of some other teams that, you know, look, they win pretty, as they say. But we're in close games and we beat some good teams. Yeah. We beat the Bucks, who just blew out the Packers. Uh, we we barely lost to the Colts. Right. And and we we played well all season, and this is only Nick Foles. What that was his third game with the Bears as a starter. So we got a brand new quarterback. So to be five and one, and you made a quarterback change two games into the season, you gotta gotta look at the bright side on that. I agree, and you know, in a lot of national polls where you rank the top defenses, Bears are about four or five in most of those polls. So they let you know we're playing great defense. Um, entering Sunday, we allowed the lowest rate of passing touchdowns, mm. holding opposing quarterbacks to 57% completion rate, which is excellent. And so we're shutting down a lot of the top receivers. Um, and that's how we're going to win in Chicago. You know that's how Chicago likes to win football games, on defense, special teams, but we also like to run that football. And like you were saying, our run game has been pretty non-existent. Yeah. You know, we've had, I won't even say splurts, uh, when David Montgomery can get from behind the line and get some yards, it's kind of a bonus to us. That's the way it's been. So if we can get the run game kind of cranked up with that defense, our special teams is doing well, I think we could be a dangerous team because that's, you know, Chicago Bear football, black and blue, grinding. You know, we're not a highlight film, over-the-top type of team, even though we have some really good receivers with Robinson and, you know, Miller and things like that. So we can do that, but mm -hmm. we want to win the game the good old-fashioned way, smash mouth and defense. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely how, how we want to get it done. And But I, I do I do see improvement every week. I, I know it's, it's not looking pretty, but I do think it's getting better. And I think when you have a young coach and play caller like Matt Nagy, I like him with a veteran quarterback. You know, you're seeing a lot more dialogue on the sidelines. You're seeing Nick Foles come to the line of scrimmage. He's calling audibles. 
You know, he's looking through his his progressions. He's not staring down one receiver. So it's it's you could tell certain parts of the offense are starting to click. You're seeing more big plays now. You know, seeing more passes down the field. So if we can get the run game going, that's gonna open up play action and it's gonna really open things up. Yeah. And uh I like I like what Matt Nagy said after the game. He said, Hey, we're five and one and our offense is playing terrible. True. <laughs> so, yeah. so if we had <laughs> just an average offense, imagine how good we would be. Yeah, and we it's good we're getting the the, the engine running now because it's gonna be thick coming up. Our next game, um, as of this podcast, we go up against the Rams. Mm. Then we have the Saints. Then we have the Titans. Then we have the Vikings. We should put them away. Then we have the Packers. Then we have the Lions. So yep. you have some really good teams outside the division. Rams, Saints, Titans. And then the the other games, which are never easy, whether we're the better team or not, like the Vikings and the Lions, mm-hmm. are divisional games. And then the Packers, who we're fighting neck and neck with. Yeah, we still got to play them twice. So Yeah, so our next, you know, our next six games – is just basically it's the season. It's pretty much going to determine everything. Yeah. Um, and if we can get, you know, five or all six of those, I think we'll definitely be in the driver's seat. Yeah, it's, it's looking like it. I mean, we first place, and I, I think it's good to get off to a hot start, especially in a season uh, like this one, you know, where you never know how many games we're going to play. You never know, you know, if, when a stoppage is going to happen or games get taken off the schedule or if the playoffs have to start early or get pushed back. There's so many question marks. So securing the division uh, this early in the season is definitely a benefit with all the uncertainty. And, uh, yeah, I like. I think it's looking up. And as the offense continues to improve, our defense is going to stay solid. And, and I like that we're being battle-tested. I think we're going to be able to, to win in big moments. And we know Nick Foles can make plays in big moments. All right. Yeah. So, hey, Bear fans, let's enjoy it. We're five and one. I know it might not have, it's not looking as pretty, but hey, five and one is five and one. We could easily be one and five. So let's enjoy it and let's just, you know, keep pushing and let's get this big win over the Rams and the Saints and the the other teams coming up. You know, I want to talk about uh, the teams that are undefeated in the NFL Mm. Um, because there's still three teams that are undefeated. And I just want to kind of, Talk about those three teams. Are they contenders or are they pretenders? Ooh. Those three teams, because we all know about the Kansas City Chiefs. They dropped one, but mm. they're still the Chiefs. Uh, so the three undefeated teams coming into week six or coming into week seven, Pittsburgh Steelers at 5-0, and the Tennessee Titans at 5-0, and and the Seattle Seahawks at 5-0. and So... Mm. Let's just break those teams down. And are are those teams real threats to win it all with Kansas City and Baltimore still out there? Mm. I, I, you know what? I, I think I think we could do something here. How about we go? We can go through, and we're gonna rank them one through three. So okay, I'll say my who I think is the best out of those three teams. Uh, the three so the three undefeated teams we got the Seahawks, Titans, Steelers. So I would say, number one, and we'll probably agree on this, I got to say the Seahawks are looking the best out of those three teams. Okay. Uh, You know, Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind right now. He already has 19 touchdowns. Uh, He's completing over 70% of his passes. He's getting like nine yards a throw. I mean, he's playing about as good as you could play. He's playing like he's playing Madden or something. So 
when your quarterback is playing that good and he has won a Super Bowl before, so we know he could do it in the crunch time. And, you know, and Seattle always has a strong defense. You got DK Metcalf, Greg Olson. They finally got Russell Wilson, the offensive line. It's not too much when you look at this team. It's not too much to not like. You know, they're, I think they're a legit undefeated team. And they're going to be tough to beat, especially, you know, if they secure home field, which, you know, it's looking like they will, you know, Seattle's one of the toughest places to play, especially if they let some fans come back in there. I agree. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so you what's, go, what's your number one team? So you go with Seattle. Yeah. I have to go with the Steelers. Mm. And the reason why I go with the Steelers, they're 5-0. and oh. Yep. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is just flat out balling and not big. He's not having big numbers. He has 11 touchdowns and one interception, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he has a great receiving core led by Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, the tight end, Eric Ebron, they picked up is doing great. James Washington is very effective as a running back. So they have a really good offense. They can right. beat you big. They can run the ball. But it's that defense, man. They have the number one defense right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I would put, of those three teams, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Seattle, as great as Russell Wilson is playing, and we'll get I'll get my critique of them soon, I would put my number one at the Steelers because they have the offensive firepower, but that defense has been phenomenal so far this season. Mm. All right. I, I like that. I like that. Let's uh, hear number two. Number two, I'm going with the Titans. Yeah. And I agree. That's my number two as well. Uh okay, so we got different number ones, but we the yeah, the Titans to me. I know they don't have the uh, the greatest quarterback, but when you can, when we can run the football and play defense the way they do it, we were just talking about smash mouth football. Derrick Henry is is like Marshawn Lynch. That's what he reminds me of. True, but he's even bigger than him, and he's he's just a beast. And they got a a big offensive line too, and they just they punch you in the mouth. And you see it during the games, you know, first quarter, it's okay. Second quarter, defense starting to get tired. Third quarter, they definitely getting tired. And then by the fourth quarter, he's just doing whatever he wants. Because you don't, he's not a guy you want to tackle for four quarters. True. <laughs> you, you just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. We saw that. We've seen the highlight plays, the stiff arms, the just trucks he's had. Uh, great, great in short yardage situations. So, and they have a strong defense as well. And and when you can run the ball and play defense like that, you're gonna be able to win a lot of games. And in the playoffs, when when things start to pick up, I think you Derrick Henry's a guy you can really rely on. I agree. And you know, if for those who are old school, listen to the podcast like me, um, there was a guy by the name of Earl Campbell. Mm. He was a running back for the Houston Oilers. This is before the Titans. This is before the Texans. The Houston Oilers. And he was a monster. I mean, no one could bring him down. And if you don't know anything about Earl Campbell, Google him. Go to YouTube. Mm. And that's who Derrick Henry reminds me of. But I'll even give him one slight advantage over Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell took a lot of hits. Mm -hmm. But, you know, no one could bring him down. But it kind of battered him, you know, it took a little bit, you know, maybe three seasons off his career because even though he was the biggest, strongest, fastest, one of the greatest running backs of all time, he would absorb so many hits. Derrick Henry doesn't take a lot of hits. You know, he hits holes. 
He's somewhat elusive. And then when people come to hit him, he's very good at getting out of bounds or he gives the impact or using his stiff arm, whereas Earl Campbell would get hit in the knees and things like that a lot more. So I do agree with that. Derrick Henry is a monster. He had over 212 rushing yards against um, against Houston this you know the last week or so. But he also can catch the football. He had like mm. a 58 receiving yards. Yeah, he he's something to deal with. Uh, outside, yeah, right. Like you said, with in the receiving game as well. And um, yeah, I think you made a good point. He doesn't take even though he plays very high contact very physical, he doesn't take a lot of punishment. He's really perfected that stiff arm, and he's really smart. He knows when to when to hold him and when to fold him. Yeah, and when you talk about the Titans, you have to talk about Ryan Tannehill. Mm. He's playing MVP type of ball, and no one saw that coming, but he's their guy right now. 13 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He has a 113 quarterback rating. Ryan Tannehill is the leader of that Titan team, and they believe with him back there and Henry running that football, their defense is in. Their defense is kind of near the bottom tier. In most polls, they're ranked 19-20. So they don't have a a stifling defense. They have a bend-don't-break defense. But I like them in number two because Tannehill is right now playing MVP-type football. And then, like you said, they got that monster Henry and the Titans believe, you know, and that's a big part of winning when you have confidence. And because they balled out last year, had a good run in the playoffs last year, they honestly feel that this could be their year, that they could be a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I, I, I really think they can. Um, it's, it's just like last season. It's going to come down to ultimately uh, Ryan Tannehill, though. True. He's going to need, and he doesn't need to play good the whole game because when you got Derrick Henry, you don't they're he's not they're not dependent on him, but he's gonna have to be able, can he make those one or two big throws when they need to convert for a first down, when they need a touchdown? So far this season he is. And yeah, he's doing it right now in the regular season. So let's hopefully he keeps that up and they make some noise in the postseason. Um and then so that for me that leaves only one team left. I got the Steelers. Okay. And I know all the things you mentioned, because they were your first team. Right. And, right. And I, I agree with all the things you mentioned until I looked at their schedule. So they're undefeated, but they played the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, the Eagles, and the Browns. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Right. Yeah. That's the barbecue all, chicken like, schedule. And so they're playing good. Ben is playing good. The number one defense, as you said, but those teams they play not a whole lot of offense. So, I, like I said, and I like them. Ben's obviously won multiple Super Bowls. Obviously, the Steelers always are intimidating. Have a great defense. So I'm not. I'm not saying they're pretending, but I, I just got to see them be tested. Okay. And uh, I just got to see them against a good team. And actually, ironically. Uh, they play the Titans this weekend, so right. we'll we'll see them against a good team. We'll see what they can do with Derrick Henry. But it was just hard for me, even though I like I like the Steelers. I think they are really a good team, but I just couldn't put them ahead of those other teams because they don't have any big wins yet. They they well, won Cleveland games was they should have be won. a big game. I mean, Cle- well, Cleveland Cleveland's the type of team you they one week they look like the best team in the NFL, next week they look like the Browns again. So yeah. I can't I can't. Except that as a big win, you know. 
Yeah, they're the Clippers of football. You know, <laughs> you, get, you buy into it, then they show you that they're still the Cleveland Browns <laughs> as soon as you, you buy in. So, yeah. yeah, and I admit, that that is a barbecue chicken schedule, but hey, they did what they're supposed to do with yeah. their 5-0. Oh. They got it done. Yeah, my number three out of those undefeated teams, as I said, I have Steelers at one, Titans right in the middle, just like you, um, Seattle. And Seattle, like you said, it's all about Russell Wilson. He's just flat out balling. And as you know, that's probably my favorite play in the NFL. 19 touchdown passes to only three interceptions with a 129 passer rating. Wow. So he's, I would say, the leader in terms of MVP voting. Because yeah, they no haven't question. lost a game. His numbers are record breaking. They're phenomenal. Um, again, I, you know, they're they're a little weak on defense. So that's kind of why I put them last. But with Russell, anything is possible. He already led that franchise to two Super Bowls. They should have two Super Bowl rings if it wasn't for the worst call in Super Bowl history (laughs) at the one-and-a-half-yard line to throw a slant pass. But um, I believe in Seattle because I do believe in Russell Wilson, and they can go because right now he's playing head and shoulders above any other quarterback in the NFL, including Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers and the results, 5-0, and 19 touchdowns, 3 NOs, 129 passer rating. Right now, he's the man. Yeah, he's he's playing out of, out of this world right now. And, uh, yeah, I think you, you see what he's been so productive for so long with a subpar offensive line. And now he has a really good offensive line. Now he has, you know, superstar weapons, DK Metcalf and – and Greg Olson, you know, two big targets. And his deep ball, he he throws one of the best deep balls in the league. I agree. Perfect accuracy. Just drops it right in there. You have no choice but to catch it, you know. Um, so, yeah, he's playing amazing right now. And I think they could really make a run for it. Yeah. And the NFL has been fun this year, man. Mm-hmm. I'm glad the NFL is back. Um, you know, COVID had everybody afraid. We didn't know what was going to happen. But they came back. I think they're doing a good job. They're letting a little smattering of fans and, I guess, maybe family come to the game. So, mm-hmm. that you know, it's not going to be big crowds. It's not going to be sellouts. You know, I guess the games are going to be at maybe 10, 10% capacity, if that. But it's just great that the NFL is up, rocking, and rolling. The season is starting to, you know, gain some steam, gain, moment, gain some momentum, and it's been pretty fun. Yeah. And so I, I got – I was thinking about something this week. Okay. I think – the Patriots era is officially over. I Whoa. Think, I think the Chiefs are the new Patriots. Okay. With them signing Le'Veon Bell, that's such that's such a Patriots move, right? You get a great player who's in a bad situation. They're saying he can't play no more. You get him for cheap. And Le'Veon Bell is going to ball out for him this season. You got the great, the best quarterback in the league right now, Patrick Mahomes. Now you give him – they still got the rookie – uh, Edwards Alaire, who's a who's a monster. True. And now your backup running back is Le'Veon Bell, a guy, all pro, uh, running back, who can who's known to be able to catch, be able to run. So now you have the the Edwards Alaire who can run it inside outside. And then you got Le'Veon Bell who has that more patient running style, still playing good on defense. Obviously, you got Patrick Mahomes and all those other weapons. This team is star-studded, and I think it's symbolic of passing the torch, right? Because he could have went to New England, and that's typically what players do. Now they don't have Tom Brady. 
They're, you know, they're struggling a little bit with COVID. Obviously, that's outside their control. Right. But I think the Chiefs have just took the torch, and I think they're going to be right in it. You know, I have to agree. And not just because of the Chiefs, I think the Ravens, too. Mm. So you have two potential juggernauts in the AFC because the Ravens are a very dangerous team. Um, so you have the Chiefs, a great young running back, a great young quarterback in Mahomes who can be, you know, great for the next 15 seasons. We know what the Ravens can do offensively and defensively. So you have, I think, two teams in front of them that are going to be very difficult to beat. Now the emergence of the Titans. You have the Steelers that are always a perennial team that can always compete and try to win in the playoffs and challenge for a Super Bowl. Um, the Buffalo Bills are emerging. So the young talent emerging around them, I think, is also hurting their chances to continue that dynasty. And then, and then look in their division. Now you got the Bills. Josh Allen seems to have emerged. They they play great on both sides of the ball. And another thing I want to talk about, Tua. He made his first start this weekend in a big win. I think he could do something special in Miami. Maybe not this season. I think they'll they'll start winning some more games. But Tua Tua looked impressive just like he did at Alabama. And I think when they get enough talent around him, that's going to be two teams in their division that's been known to be a, a pretty sorry division historically. The Jets are still working on it, obviously. But the Bills and I think Miami in a couple years are going to be real threats. Yeah, and I like Tua as well. I mean, he was he was one of the most accurate quarterbacks I ever saw in college, you mm-hmm. know, at Bama. It seemed like he just made every throw on the money. But he's, you know, had some hip problems, some injury problems, thought his career might be over. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. And they just kind of – they're, they're doing the process with them, like the trust the process. Uh, Miami could use them on the field, but they're trying to take their time and let them get healthy and, and work them in slowly. I don't know if he'll start this season, but I think any opportunity in blowouts or, you know, games where it's not too close, they're going to try to get them on the field. So, yeah. I think, I, I think they uh, they just, after last game, they just named him the starter. For so he's going to be the starter now? Yeah, Okay, yeah. all right. So the progress has been accelerated. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I have to agree with you, man. I do think that the the Patriots dynasty is over. They, I think they could still sporadically be a good football team. And they still, you know, once, especially when the fans come back, it's still not going to be an easy place to play. Right. But their absolute dominance the last 20 years, I think that's over. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. April, super producer. Do you have a hot take for us today? Holla at us. What you got for us? So today starts, this Tuesday, starts the World Series. We have the Dodgers versus the Tampa Bay Rays, which is kind of cool because the Lakers just won the NBA championship and then Tampa Bay Lightning um, won the NHL this year. And so this should be an exciting uh, World Series, I think. I think that's pretty cool. Man, I know those cities are having some fun, man. You just watch your Lake. If you're from L.A., you just watch your Lakers win the chip. Yep. And now your Dodgers are in the World Series. If you're Tampa Bay, you just you know watch your hockey team win the NHL. And now your baseball team is in the World Series. I know they're having a good time in Tampa Bay. And they got the GOAT, Tom Brady, 4-2. So yeah. Tampa Bay is having a little fun right now. Yeah, and then um, also, according to Complex Sports, 
it's rumored that the Dallas Cowboys players are saying that their coaching staff is not reliable and not fit for the job. <laughs> wow. I mean, they just got rid of Jason Garrett and they were blaming him every season. Now you get Mike McCarthy, who had a lot of success in Green Bay. And a Super Bowl ring. And a ring. And now it's still the coaching. So I I don't know. Maybe it's the players. I don't, I don't know what's going on in Dallas. But uh, obviously they're missing Dak now. So it's, it's just all going downhill. I'll be surprised if they make the playoffs. But in their division, it's, they, they still got a shot. They honestly. still got a shot. But, and, but you know what, man? I'm going to blame the players. And I'll tell you why, man. Mm. Dallas has, including Dak, who has numbers, don't get me wrong, and you can see his potential and how great, great he is and all this. They have a bunch of guys with names mm-hmm. and a bunch of guys that are popular and they're the number one franchise in the NFL, I think, in terms of popularity. And everybody, you know, they're, they're a drama. Everybody, you know, wants to you know know about the Cowboys, watch the Cowboys. And I think they have a bunch of guys who they all think they're better than what they are. Mm. And so, you know, their owner, Jerry Jones, he pays guys. He likes splashy picks. They, they're they very marketable guys. They're very interesting guys, but they just don't get it done on the field. Yeah. And when they don't get it done on the field, it's always someone else's fault. Sooner or later, I think those players that wear that star on their back have to take accountability and say, hey, look, I don't care who's coaching us. I don't care who's owning us. I don't care you know, about the, the history of this team, about the fans, we have to start producing on the field. No excuses, no explanations. Because with the Cowboys, there's always some caveats, always some side story as to why they didn't live up to their potential when every year everybody has high expectations for them. And then I, I, I'll i even take it a step further. You, I think Jerry got to take some of the blame as well. True. It's no owner that's more vocal and he's been known to throw digs at players, throw especially overmind his his coach or undermine his coaches. And and how does that look? You know, if the owner is saying, "Oh, they should have went for it on fourth down" or something like that. You know, how does how does the coach go to his locker room after that? You know, and and I think players when they have access to the owner like that, and he's always giving his opinion, it kind of undermines some of the coaching staff and. And like you said, it, the only constant, you just got a brand new coach who's had success with a great franchise like the Packers. So you can't just blame Jason Garrett and now it's Mike McCarthy's fault. So who else are you going to get besides him, you know? Yeah. And Cowboy fans, right now they're suffering, man, because Cowboy yeah. fans are very loyal. They love their team. And they just have a bad product right now. But like you say, the silver lining to it all, their division is awful. And they still could win the division <laughs> yeah. with a losing record this season. So I wonder what's the least amount of games somebody's ever gotten to the playoffs with. <laughs> we might we might find out this season. Yeah. <laughs> April, you still rolling over there? That's all I have for the hot takes. Super producer April with the hot day taste. Glad she's back. And again, man, I know they're having a lot of fun in Tampa Bay. A lot of fun in L.A. Um, and Tampa Bay, I know uh, it's probably a really refreshing sports town right now because all your teams are winning. Mm-hmm. And uh, during COVID, I know that's a really great way to kind of escape and get some relief where you can come home, look forward to the games, you know, look forward to the star power they have in that town. So shout out to uh, Tampa Bay, our, our Floridians. 
um, because they they rocking and rolling right now with the hockey, the baseball, and the football, and that's really cool, man. So, yeah. Mike Mike Burr, I have a quick question for you, mm. and and just kind of I want to kind of know where your head is at on this. If you had to pick one quarterback mm. to be your main guy and to, to control your franchise right now to try to get you through the Super Bowl, who would that one quarterback be? Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so it would be Mahomes. As great as all the other quarterbacks are playing this season, Russell and Tannehill and Allen, Mahomes will still be a guy. Yeah, I think uh, – I, I, don't, I don't think it's another quarterback – that I've ever seen like Mahomes, you know, and, and as great as Russell is great as Rogers is, you know, and they, they, sometimes they're even putting up better numbers. Like Russell is definitely playing better this season, but when you go by the eye test, the, the, what the throws he can make, he can sling it 80 yards off his back foot. You know, he can, the underhand, the left-handed throws, all the things he could do. And you may say it's more flash than substance or this and that, but he gets it done too. And he makes big plays. He's not scared of the moment. And he has the most upside as well. So I would I would have to go with him. Yeah, I think I would say Mahomes to it. Even though Russell Wilson is my favorite player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But like you say, the kid is just special. And he's kind of, to me, the Michael Jordan of, of football. He's so exciting. And I think if he stays healthy, keeps playing the way he is, he'll revolutionize the game. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It's, I think, uh, like you said, he, he, he couldn't have that Jordan effect if he keeps doing this and playing at this high level and you're going to see a lot more quarterbacks start to try to develop those skills. And just like after Jordan, everybody wants to play above the rim. You know, you're going to see after Mahomes, everybody, you know, trying to make these off platform throws and do all the crazy uh, maneuvers. Yeah. And shout out to Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's something like we've never seen before. Yeah. You know, we've seen the Michael Vicks and for the old schools, the Randall Cunningham's guys who can just flat out run and have strong arms. But Lamar Jackson, it just has another gear, something even more special. And if he learns how to win, he can't, he's kind of loses in big games. He hasn't had good playoffs. His first two playoffs were tragedies, um, but he can win regular season games. Once he learns how to win in a big game, that might be something to see. Josh Allen, shout out to him with Buffalo. So the, the league is in good hands, man, with these yeah. young quarterbacks. They're up and coming. They look good. Uh, but I think Mahomes is the guy right now. But he got some guys, I think, with some potential to make it a flat-out war in the NFL in the future. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And uh, I want to I wanna switch gears. I know the NBA season is over. Okay. But I think – they need to make a big change. Okay. So you got the regular season awards. You got MVP, Defense Player of the Year, etc. I think they need to add another category of awards. I think you should not only the regular season awards, I think you should have full season awards. So when you say full season, what do you mean by that? You take the best player from the regular season and the playoffs. Oh, and combine them? So the entire season. Okay, a whole span, okay. Because like like this year is a great example, right? Giannis wins the MVP, but he is bumped in the second round okay. to the fourth seed. Okay. Whereas you got LeBron who balled out. He finished second in MVP in the regular season, and he wins the finals MVP. But now when we look back on this season, we look back in history, Giannis is the MVP of the season. Okay. 
So I think same thing with like defensive player of the year or any other of these awards. Cause we see guys that win multiple regular season MVPs. But when we actually look at that season, we're like, wait, this guy did it. He finished maybe second or third in MVP voting, but he played way better than him in the playoffs. Got you. Okay. So I, I think it'll just be more fair and it'll allow people when you look back at these season in history, because you're just gonna remember, oh, that was the MVP that year. But what if he doesn't get it done in the playoffs? Or what if he does? So I, I would like to see that category added so we see a full picture of what happened that season. Okay, let's do let's do a few of them. I, I think that's cool. Let's just have a little fun and do the full season awards for, you know, four or five of the categories. MVP, who would you pick? I think you got to go with Braun. I yeah, mean, I agree. He finished second in the regular season. I, I was among the crowd, and a lot of people felt like he should have won it. Um, I know he only got like four votes or something. It was something like that. Four yeah. face. But Le- LeBron hate is real, so yeah, you know, yeah. people are going to go out of their way to hate on LeBron. Yeah, so I think he should definitely have won a full season MVP. Yeah, I think that that's no doubt because of what he did in the regular season and postseason. That can't even be debated, I don't think. Okay, what about Defensive Player of the Year for the full season awards? I think you got to go with AD. I know, I know Giannis won it. And so, again, he finished uh, second. Um, and a lot of people thought he should have been first. And then when you look at the entire playoffs, his ability to guard Jokic, then his ability to switch on to guards. He guarded uh, Jimmy Butler a lot of times and Bam in the finals. Yeah. Um, and in every series, he had a pretty tough matchup. And he would switch off off positions, get blocks, he get steals. Uh, so I, I think you have to go with him. Yeah, I think so. I would go with Anthony Davis, too. What about for six-man, if you take the full season awards? Montrez mm. Harrell won the six-man award, right? Yeah, Montrez Harrell won it. Maybe, I would, I would maybe say Tyler Hero. Mm. Tyler Hero, as a rookie, he balled out, and then he did it in the playoffs. You know, he he raised his production in big moments. Uh, he played pretty good. So, I you know, off the top of my head, I would I would say Tyler Hero would be a, a good candidate for that. But Montrez, and no disrespect to Montrez, he played well in the playoffs as well, though. His team just didn't. Yeah, they just, <laughs> oh, God, they just uh, ended up so bad. Yeah, I think I can agree with that as well, too. Hero was very exciting, man. And, boy, his stroke, man, one of the sweetest jump shots, I think, in the NBA right now. Okay, what about most improved? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I think oh so so Brandon Ingram won that. Yeah. Um and oh, oh you gotta go with Bam. Bam out of bio. Uh if you were taking the full season, you know, he was a big part of the of the heat getting to the finals and he finished second. And, you know, going from, you know, just a, a player to becoming a household name, to becoming an all star, and then being the second best player on the team that made it to the finals, I think that would definitely put him over that edge. Yeah, I would have to go with Bam too, because in the playoffs he bought like he was an all star, like you said, but he balled in the playoffs too. He hurt mm-hmm. his shoulder against the Lakers. Yeah. Then when he hurt his shoulder, he just lost something. He just couldn't really get a rhythm, you know, against the Lakers. But I would also say shout out to Jamal Murray too. Yeah. Um, you know, he had some injuries this season, but when he played, he played well. And in the playoffs, he had probably one of the best performances of all time. They didn't win it, but if you look at his numbers in the playoffs and a lot of the clutch 
clutch plays, the way he came through in the first three rounds. He was just absolutely fantastic. So I, I probably would put Jamal Murray up there for most improved for the full season awards as well. But Bam, I think, has an advantage because he had a much better regular season. To add on with a really good playoff, Steve hurt that shoulder, and he just couldn't he couldn't get it going after that. But like you said, that was in the finals. Yeah, that would that would be a, a, a interesting award to add. Like who uh, who raised their level of play the most from the regular season to the postseason? Because I know Jamal Murray would be in there, Jimmy Butler would be in there. I think both of those guys, they were only averaging like 18, 19 points to averaging like 30 in the playoffs. That, that would be interesting to war, like who 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 took it to the next level in the playoffs. And you know what I think would be cool for that award if you name it after, I think, some of the key players that need an award names after them. For example, if you did the full, you know, full award for the MVP, I think you would name that after Michael Jordan. Yeah. Because Charles Barkley said something. I saw him on one of these podcasts. He said, for what Michael Jordan has meant to the league, he needs to have something named after him. Yeah. And I have to agree with that. So I think that would be great to name one after Michael Jordan, to name maybe award after Magic Johnson, name an award after um, Larry, Larry Bird. Bird, you know, maybe one after Kareem, one after Does, Wilt. Yeah. I mean, these are the iconic players and that full season award would be great to be named after those guys, especially MJ. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a great idea because, you know, those guys are the household names. They're the ones that really, you know, as the league was becoming international, they were the faces of it. Yeah. And, so, I, and, I, and not to cut you off, but I think the dunk contest, because it just popped in my head, I want to mm -hmm. say, it, I think it should be named after Dr. J, the yeah. first dunk contest winner. You know, so I think we, we should kind of start naming things after these iconic guys that literally made the NBA what it is today. Right, because it has been like 40, 40 years. I know it's crazy to think about, you know, since those guys were on top 30, 40 years. So, yeah, it's about time to start start naming awards after them. Um, and then I think when you look at uh, Coach of the Year, or not Coach of the Year. Total but, Coach. Yeah, Total Coach. Full Coach. Would you? Hmm. That's that's an interesting one. Uh, one you could you could say Frank Vogel. I've say one championship. Yeah. You could say Spolstra. You know, taking a fourth seed to the finals. I would go with Spolstra. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, because the Lakers were supposed to win. Right. I mean, when you get AD and LeBron James, <laughs> now you you you're supposed to win it. Yeah. No one saw the Heat coming, maybe except for the Heat and a few Heat fans, but the East was wide open. Mm -hmm. Milwaukee was the favorite all year. Even Toronto was up there. Philly, you know, always have expectations. But Miami, you know, they got it done, and they beat everybody, and who knows what would uh, have happened against the Lakers if they didn't get banged up right out the gate. Not to say that yeah. they wouldn't have won the series, but who knows? Yeah, they did take two games off of them with all the injuries, so yeah. Yeah, you you have to go to Miami and then beat in the one seed uh, four to one. I mean that's that's impressive. You you were the fourth seed. You end up beating the one seed, almost sweeping them. Then you beat Boston, beat the, almost beat the Lakers. Took two games off of them. That's impressive. So I would say honorable mention also to the Nuggets coach as well because yeah. they they perform really well in the postseason. Um, and then uh, executive of the full season. So the Clippers GM. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. The Clippers won executive of the year, and now trading seven draft first-round picks for Paul George doesn't look like such a good idea. True. 
But so who would who would who do you think could win for the full season executive of the year? I would have to go with Miami again and Pat mm. Riley and and Zoe Morning, man, those guys, because you know, they did it with one super one superstar in Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. And then they did a great job just getting guys and drafting guys and developing guys. So I would have to go with them, man, because they once again took a very young team, a team without power pack superstars and a lot of, you know, big time veterans and made made that great run. Yeah. And um I I, I would definitely put them as a, a honorable mention. But I, I gotta go with Rob Palenka. I think making the AD trade happen, um, even though it was technically done the year before, but uh, getting AD. And then I thought after Kawhi did what he did, uh, you know, with the the shocker getting, you know, him and Paul George to the Clippers, I thought he did a great job of filling out the roster. I think so. You're Rondo, right. uh, Dwight Howard, um, JaVale and Danny Green. And, you know, he kept KCP and Caruso and he kept Kuzma in the AD trade. Uh, Avery Bradley, you know, so building that that team so quickly after, you know, you're expected to get Kawhi um, and then, you know, putting that team together and, and what turned out to be a really deep team. They could play a lot of different ways, play really versatile. So I, I will have to go with Palenka on that. Yeah, got to give a lot of credit to Palenka. He decided to roll with veterans, you know, maybe, you know, guys that people thought were on their last leg, you know. He picked up Howard, like you said, and, you know, playoff Rondo and one of the Morris twins. And it turned out really great. Those veterans showed, hey, we can still ball. Don't write us off. And they played like vets down the stretch, close games, tight games. Yep. They didn't choke like the Clippers did. So, hey, man, that's the podcast. We had a lot of fun today. April T, super producer, you got anything else? No, I don't. All right. Mike Burke, got anything else? That's it. All right, man. We hope you really enjoyed the podcast. We had a lot of fun today. Um, check us out on all the social media platforms. We are everywhere at Barrage Sports Show. Um, hit us up in the comments. Subscribe, like, and most importantly, share. We have subscribers from all over the world. We really want to grow this podcast because this podcast is for the love of the game. And if you love sports, you like talking about sports, and you just want to have some fun, good old-fashioned clean fun, check us out. Subscribe. Hit us up. Comment. We read. We actually read the comments. We call our subscribers winners. So we want to say to all our winners, have a wonderful day. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Watch some sports this week, and we'll definitely be back. And as I always say, Mike Mike Burr, you know what to do. Drop the beat.